time, but you don't buy it for appreciation. Exactly. See, <laughs> worst appreciation, you want to be able to, you need to have multiple exit strategies. And if there's mm -hmm. not a multiple exit strategy, Welcome back, everyone, to the Passive Road to Retirement podcast. I'm very excited about our guest today, personal friend of mine, uh, Holly Williams, who is the principal at keepmore.com. Holly's been a real estate investor for over 20 years. Uh, to date, keepmore.com has co-syndicated over 18 multifamily apartment communities, encompassing over 4,500 units with a valuation of $400 million. Holly is committed to improving financial literacy for all Americans and is the author of a new book, hiddeninvesting.com, what the wealthiest 1% know that we don't. I've got a sneak peek at it. It's a great read. We're going to put uh, in the show notes here a link where you can get the book. And Holly has been very generous. Uh, we'll give you a, a discount code and it's a free copy of the book. You just need to pay shipping and printing. Uh, it's about $9. So it's a great deal. And I suggest everybody go get your copy. Holly, welcome to the show and thanks for being here. It is so great to be here, Andrew. I appreciate you having me. Oh, no problem. No problem. And by the way, before we get started, congratulations on the recent uh, Forbes article. I took oh. a look at it. Uh, take control of risk by buying real estate for cash flow. A lot That's of lot whole, of golden nuggets in there. That's the whole thing. That's right. <laughs> That's the motto. And it exactly. took me a while to learn it. But. <laughs> Well, Holly, for those who don't know you, if you could uh, just give us a background about yourself and you know, a little information. Sure. So I, I actually grew up down in Texas, in Houston, mm -hmm. and went to school in Lubbock. And I was really spent my whole uh, early years in, in, in Texas. And in 1991, I got a job offer to come to New York City. And it was supposed to be for a year. Uh -huh. And it was with uh, Arbitron, which is now part of Nielsen, the television ratings people. And so I said, why not go for a year? And and I ended up up here and I just ended up loving it. <laughs> and they stopped asking me if I wanted to go down, you know, back down to Dallas after three or four years. <laughs> and um, I have been here ever since. So six years later, I met my husband and the rest is history. So, so I've I've been in New York City, uh, built a built a life, uh, mm -hmm. did everything you were supposed to do that we're taught to do. Right. And then my parents started getting old, mm -hmm. and they were down south still. And I started managing a lot of their affairs, and it was a mess. And I realized how much tax they were paying. I realized how much, how little money they had, mm -hmm. how their income, your, your income doesn't need go down when you retire unless you want to downsize to a little bitty apartment and never go anywhere. Sure. So it, they were paying almost as much tax as I was paying and I was paying a lot. And it was it, it it really messed them up. And the stock they were depending on the 401k, just like they teach us how to do it. Yep. And so if I hadn't been around and hadn't, you know, had the means to help them a little bit, uh, it would have been it was heartbreaking, actually. Yeah. You know, it was heartbreaking because I know that they wanted to, you know, 
build some generational wealth. I know that, you know, they, they were just, they did everything you're supposed to do. Right. And so I began to search for a better way. About the same time, a friend of mine got into multifamily syndication mm-hmm. and he needed investors. And I said, what the heck? And I invested with him. And that was when I began to understand that the wealthy have access to things that we don't have to investment opportunities that we don't have and that Warren Buffett is not necessarily going onto his E-Trade account and buying stocks, right? (laughs) Right. And that there's a whole world of private investing. So, you know, now I'm up to probably 20 multifamily syndications. Oh, wow. Builds, you know, I, I left my job in 2018 when from just those passive investments, I was able to, to pay more than my bills. That's and great. seriously, and the principal, see, here's the thing with stocks. You have to sell the stock to get the money. Right. And, if, and, and you know, we're all taught, we're fed all of this information and, there, and it's myths. Mm-hmm. It's not yep. necessarily a lie. The stock market really does return on an average of 10% a year. Problem is, it's 10% like this. Yeah. And we have in our heads, oh, okay, so that million dollars is going to give me $100,000 a year income. And that's couldn't be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. Because almost all of us are going to be in it when we're down. And that 401k is taxed as regular income, not even as capital gains. So there's a lot of the fine print that we're just not taught and is not universally known. And that's what my book is about. And that's what my mission is about. And multifamily is my very favorite Mm -hmm. passive investment for a number of reasons, which we can talk about. Just like your website, get more, earn more, keep more. That is exactly right. The, our, our government is not a very good steward of our tax dollars. Yes. <laughs> and I am much better able to help people. I mean, if you had a million dollars, why would you give it to the government? To, and you wanted to do something really good, good with it, right? Help, right. help the community. Mm-hmm. The last place you'd give it to is the government, right? Right. But yet we do. and. And it's, um, it's, it's really unfortunate. And one of the things I talk about in my book is the tax code and how it's the law of the land, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and who does not agree that we should follow the laws? Well, right. you know, in that tax code, there are all kinds of incentives for us to do things that the government wants us to do, mm-hmm. create jobs and that sort of thing. So it's actually very patriotic what we're doing. There's a lot of real estate investor benefits and, and incentives for real estate investment that are in our current tax code. And it's a really great thing because we're really helping people. I mean, like really helping people. Oh, yeah. I mean, Because you give away money and that's, you're still going to be poor because it's in here. That's right. Mental. It is. That's a great point. Would you mind just explaining maybe some of the tax benefits, you know, you've been, you've seen or people, you've seen people uh, get from syndications? Well, sure. I'll tell you about myself. Um, we, I knew real estate was a good investment, and we had a four-family house in Brooklyn, uh, and and it throws off a nice little income. And we were we were um, paying taxes on that income, mm-hmm. 
because it was a family home and it was paid for. And it's a, it's kind of a long story, but, but um, when I, we were getting maybe $30,000 of passive income or whatever a year, which was basically pretty great. Only I was paying 20,000 in tax. I mean, I'm sorry, 10,000 of it in taxes. Yeah. Basically. I mean, even probably more, I was paying half of what we were making in taxes. Plus property tax. <laughs> I'm telling you. And, and what the big aha for me was that when you invest in real estate, you, you are able to, or any business, any business expense, you, you have a business, you buy a computer, you, the, the IRS has a thing that is the life of that, that thing that every, whatever you buy. And so the, the IRS treats an apartment building as an investment expense. Mm -hmm. And so all of the things, the parking lot from the parking lot to the roofs, to the stoves and the refrigerators are, have a depreciation life. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is, is that you can write off that depreciation over a number of years. And the new tax law came along and made that even better. But back in 2015, I was amazed that, you know, for a $100,000 investment, you don't even have to have that much, you know, $50,000 investment, um, I was able to get $50,000 worth of depreciation losses mm -hmm. on my taxes. Incredible. And I was able to get monthly income from that from that investment. So mm -hmm. I was able to make on a monthly basis on that investment about $7,000 a year. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I was able to offset those taxes with the paper losses. So what happened at the end of the year, instead of getting a 1099 like you do with stocks or whatever that says, oh, you made $7,000, you owe capital gains on it. <laughs> right. I was able to get, oh, you lost $50,000. You <laughs> gained seven, but then you lost another 50. Yep. And then, and oh, by the way, there are other passive losses that the government lets you, you know, uh, offset. And oh, by the way, you know that $30,000 that you're getting from your building? Well, you can use that $50,000 to offset that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, a $100,000 investment. And before I even did anything, before anything went up in value, before anything happened, I was able to defer taxes on $47,000, $37,000 worth of income. It's incredible. So immediately out of my pocket. Now you're deferring it, but you can keep rolling that over. And if, you know, my parents had just known that they would not have had to sell their stocks at the bottom of the market to live. Mm. And they would be able to, they would have been able to do what I'm doing and live off of the passive income from my real estate, passive investments. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the whole beauty of it. I mean, I, you know, with, the, with our building and you know, we have to paint, we have to get tenants. We have to, I don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then not only that, I've learned that. The more zeros something has in the back of it, 
the safer it is. Yeah. If I lose a tenant out of my four family house, I'm losing 25% of my income. If I lose a tenant in a 210-unit apartment complex, it really isn't that big of a deal, and it gives me a chance to renovate it and make it nicer and, and up the rent for the next tenant. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Great point. And so that's just what it is. And so I learned that you could buy. When I used to think real estate, I used to think I'm going to buy it and, and it's going to increase in value. You see, we're taught that the, our biggest source of wealth is in our, our home. Mm-hmm. Sanity. Yeah. Uh, you know, I own my home and they're not against owning your home, but the home is, I honestly, it's a liability because you've got taxes, mm-hmm. you've got, um, you know, all kinds of expenses to keep that up. And yeah, can you make money with your same, with your primary home? You absolutely can. And there are lots of reasons to do that, but it should not be your primary source of wealth Agreed. because real estate is cyclical, just like anything else. Yep. <laughs> However, if you buy for cash flow, you buy things that are already cash flowing. I'm not talking about getting an old rundown thing and throwing out deadbeat tenants and all that. I'm talking about you can buy in a lot of parts of the country an apartment complex that already is cash flowing for whatever reason. We're buying one right now and, you know, he's had it for, it's a single owner. Lots of these are owned by families. Yeah. You know, they, he just doesn't want any want to fool with it anymore because he's older and he lives in Nashville and he doesn't want to drive up to Evansville, Indiana, where it's right. So, so you know, there are all kinds of reasons people want to sell and this, sure. the, the secret's finding those. But if you can find them, and, and lots of people do, mm-hmm. you have an opportunity to invest in one and it is cash flowing and you do trust the people that are doing it. Um, you know, and that's what happened to me. I was able to. By that and then I saw, wait a minute, I can get the same benefits as if I was investing in a house, a rental house. Mm. Only I don't have to find it. I don't have to fool with the tenants. I don't have to do the get the loan. I don't have I don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I just get a check every month. No and then I get the, <laughs> the tax benefits of of owning real estate. So when I found that out. Mm-hmm. That's when I said, you know what? I'm not going to do what my parents were doing. And I slowly moved money. You know, I'm 59 years old. So those of you who are younger, God love you. Listen very carefully. Yes. Because it's not what you, not what it seems. Mm -hmm. I still am in the stock market. Nothing against the stock market. But they're telling you to hold for the long haul and be in it for this, that, and the other thing. And they are buying and selling and trading in nanoseconds. And you're paying for all of that. Mm-hmm. There's a reason so, they tell you to do that. Mm-hmm. Correct. And they are making obscene amounts of money. And I love money. And I think everyone should make lots of money. That's mm-hmm. not the problem. But right. the problem is most of the people, almost all the people, even, I mean, I, I got an MBA and I didn't learn any of this. <laughs> right. I learned nothing right? yeah. about any of this. And mm-hmm. my investors, when I first started doing my own deals, I pick up the phone and I start calling people that have lots more money than me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Holly, do you want a job? I'll invest in your market <laughs> research startup or advertising, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. but 
I lost money in a real estate deal. They think I'm buying land and building apartments, which is a whole different thing. That's buying for appreciation. Yep, exactly. So, you know, that's that's the difference. And so what you want to, I, I didn't know that you could do this. And you can, apartment complexes are really one of the few places you can. Yeah, totally agree there. You know, that, that's my favorite investment. I'm in the stock market a little bit as well, but, you know, very heavily in real estate. Just for, like you said, the benefits and the cash flow, I, I can't find anything that even compares. I, I tell people that, you know, if you think about retirement planning, every financial calculator, every time you meet with any, almost any investment professional, the very first thing they ask you is, how long do you expect to be retired? Mm -hmm. That is what they ask. You see, our whole system, everything that we're taught is designed for us to die broke. Right. It's designed yeah. for us to say, and that's what was so heartbreaking. I watched. My father had a little notebook and he was he was calculating every month how long he could stay in the house before he would have to. I mean, it's just horrible. Yeah. And wow. so, you know, and, and, it, and it's even more horrible that he did have an IRA with very little in it. Mm -hmm. And now it's got more than when he died in it. And I've and, and I've got um, I've had to take distribution, you know, because the government makes you take. Distribution. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even when you inherit an IRA and they're about to, they're talking about changing the laws and it's going to be terrible, but Man. that's another topic. And there's no reason to wait till, you know, 65 to retire. I mean, you can do it early through passive real estate. And so matter what the, no matter what the government does, no, no matter, you know, we, we, we underwrite our, we, we buy our cash flowing apartments with the idea that the income is going to go down sometime at 20% or whatever. And we raise enough money for investors for a, for a rainy day. And then if we don't use it, we, we return it. And yeah. so all of those things are so important because real estate is about timing. Right. And you can't time the market, you know? And so, wow. if, yeah, <laughs> and so if it's cash flow today and something like COVID hits, mm -hmm. Well, we were prepared. We yep. really, some of our apartments, like we, we went to quarterly distributions as opposed to monthly just to be safe so we could save the cash because we thought mm -hmm. it was going to get a lot worse. But yep. what we found was there it was a ton of ton better than we ever thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. yep. And, and, you know, because people still need to need to have a place to live. Yep. The people that are working Americans still had, you know, most of them had jobs and most of them paid their bills. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Continue yeah. to do so. Mm -hmm. Well, Holly, with, with all that going on, I guess, what would you be, what are you most excited about right now in the real estate world? What, you know, what excites you right now? And is there anything that, you know, keeps you up at night as well? So I'm most excited about the migration. So my background is demographics and mm -hmm. what what people are doing and who lives where. And, and I'm very excited about the migration that's happening. Now, the bad news is I live in New York City where they're leaving. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so my, you know, net worth has gone down, I'm sure, uh, because, but however, um, I think someday it's going to be okay and I don't need to sell. Right. And you're right. still cash flowing, right? Correct. And, and so 
We are ha- seeing, though, I have a place up in Woodstock, New York, in the suburbs, anything like 90 miles or 100 miles from a, from a big city mm-hmm. is booming. And there's a huge housing shortage. We, uh, we also have a project that in Orlando, that's the same thing. I mean, to buy, how you can't buy a house in Orlando. No, you cannot. <laughs> it's right. crazy. There aren't any to buy. And then if you want to build, it's going to be 12 to 24 months if you can do that. Right. And so there's nothing to buy and there's lots of people that want to move there. And what do they do? So we've switched some of our strategy to class A apartments, Mm -hmm. A minus apartments, a place that maybe you and I would want to live for a year while we built a house or look to decide where we want to live. And I don't see that changing because once people have gotten, we lost a tenant in Brooklyn because during COVID, they took the baby and they went to his parents in Columbus, Ohio to be with them if they were going to all have to sit at home. And then they, they got the, after doing that for six months, they're like, why and why are we living in in uh, New York City, where right. we can have all the space, and so now they they're looking for houses in in Ohio, and and so it's 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 all it's it, there's a lot of that going on. Well, for Orlando, just you know, so everybody knows, there's 900 people a day moving to Central Florida right now. Insanity, it's incredible, yeah, incredible. And 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 you know, Mario, you know, Mario, I was calling Mario, but Cuomo here in New York thinks it's mm-hmm. because of the weather. Right, yeah. He really does. He's like, Florida, they're moving for the weather. And it's like, oh, my God, how out of touch could you possibly be? Exactly. (laughs) Unbelievable. It's crazy. I know, right? And so so that's what I'm talking about, you know. So we pay pay taxes and they don't know what they're doing. They Mm. really don't know what they're doing. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So keep as much as you can. Exactly. I agree. That's exactly. And that and the law allows that. Yeah. Yep. But see, the wealthy know, have the good CPAs. The wealthy know how to do this, and you don't have to be wealthy, right? You know, to, to do that, you just need to understand that we're not teaching critical thinking in schools. Yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. what you. That most financial advisors are there to sell their company's offerings. Right. Yep. That's what they are there to do. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with Fidelity's offerings. There's nothing wrong with E-Trades and you know, whatever, Maryland, whatever. But they're not there to you know tell you about alternative investments that they're not gonna make a commission on. Mm-hmm. Now for and the only thing we hear about alternative investments is Bernie Madoff. Yeah. Makes hear that by the time a company like Coinbase goes public, the wealthy have already invested and they've already gotten out. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, they're already your, done. For your deals, do you have to be an accredited investor to invest with you guys? And also, if you could maybe just explain, you know, to people what that is. Sure, sure. Well, it's another hurdle that the that we're, you know, the Wall Street does not want you to invest privately right. under the guise of protecting you from nefarious characters. But you could, you can buy a stock, 
that's run by criminals. And that's yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any time of the day. <laughs> nobody, nobody on Wall Street has ever uh, done something <laughs> illegal. Right, of course not. <laughs> Investors have never lost money on a stock, right? Enron rings a bell for some reason, but I, don't I know. know, right? <laughs> Unbelievable. So anybody can do that, but but so they this incredible. They, they figured that if you're rich in their mind, that you're smarter, which is mm-hmm. just so unfortunate. Another unfortunate myth that we're forced to live by. But uh, what that means is, is uh, that you need an income to be an accredited investor and have access to a lot of, a lot of investments. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to be, you have to make over $300,000 a year between in your household, or if you're single, I think it's 200 and, uh, or you have to have like a million dollars net worth outside of your primary residence. See what I'm saying? Outside of your primary residence. And they're telling you to get wealth in your primary (laughs) residence. It's I'm telling you, you know, if anybody, I urge you to do your own research. I want you to do your own research. And if I'm wrong, please tell me, but (laughs) I don't think so. No. So, so what we're told to do is not necessarily the best for us, even though they are fiduciary and all that. If all I know is my world, It's not that they're bad people either. It's just that they don't know about this stuff either because they went to business school and then they went out of college. They went to go work for Merrill Lynch and they didn't teach them any of this. Yeah, went through their training and that's all they know. And so they're going to offer you the best Merrill Lynch products that they can Mm -hmm. or Fidelity products that they can. I just opened my daughter an account with Fidelity and it's not like Fidelity's bad. It's just that you need to understand what what it is and what it isn't. Yeah, exactly. Now you've done a lot of deals uh, in the syndication world. Did you ever have one that didn't go as expected? And you know, if so, what did you learn from that or what did you take away from that? So almost all of them have had something that has not gone as we expected. And that's why you have to make sure you're overinsured you have to make that it, make sure that your insurance has income loss provisions, mm-hmm. right? So if you lose ten and lose that income, it's the insurance covers it in case you've got a tornado, especially down in Florida with hurricanes. Yeah, hurricanes. <laughs> you have to make sure that you raise enough. You have to make sure it's cash flowing. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure that it is uh, that you raise enough money. For all for the business plan, you have to have. So this is I urge people say I hear some people say it's stupid to go to college. It's stupid to do the IRA. It's stupid to do the 401k. It's stupid. You're wasting your time. I don't subscribe to that. I just that's just been my personal experience because I know that I would not be able to have conversations with investors like that I talk to every day and negotiate with brokers and bankers and all of that if I hadn't had the experience of being in business. Because at the end of the day, there needs to be a business plan, a solid business plan for any apartment, that you, any, any deal that you're evaluating. And then you have to have people that are running the deal, that are making the decisions that, that have made that have been in business, have run PLs, have managed people, have because mm-hmm. all of that is executing a business plan and something's going to go wrong. 
And it could be that the management company needs replacing. It could be it could be a gazillion different things. But mm-hmm. what you want to make sure of is that you have enough prudent reserves that you raise enough money. It's just the same thing as your personal life, right? You should always have a year's salary put away mm-hmm. in case you lose your job. Exactly. I mean, if somebody's just starting out and investing, that's that's what you need to do. Yeah. You shouldn't be doing anything until maybe the 401k match. That's fine. But yeah, it's a match. You know, and it's the same thing with an investment. You want to make sure that the finances make sense, mm-hmm. that the that the that the money coming in can be covered and that they are set up for may, being able to pay those expenses, carrying costs, if you will, the loan and the insurance, all the stuff that you can't change. And um, you know, before they get into trouble, and I, I, we try to do at least twenty percent. Oh wow! Um, oh yeah! Oh yeah! You need a, you need at least some of our deals are like st- we call it stress testing. So mm-hmm. some of our deals are stress tests. They're already cash flowing. They're already at ninety-two percent occupancy or whatever. But that occupancy economically can go down to high fifties or something before we're in trouble. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. So. So you want to look at things like that. So my that's a long way of saying that yes, we've had we had one one that had a hurricane and a fire. Oh wow. And out of five buildings, three of them were, were uninhabitable. Wow. So we helped those people find places to live. This was in Houston that never floods, Hurricane Harvey. Mm, okay. You know, whatever. The whole town was down. So, but what happened was we had good insurance. We suspended distributions to investors for uh, two quarters. We got got it fixed. Basically, we had a brand new asset at the end of the day. Yeah. When all this was said and done and there's a housing shortage in Houston, we filled it up in five minutes. We kept it for another year. Mm-hmm. It increased in value tremendously because, again, there was a housing shortage in Houston. And we were able to sell it for tremendous returns to our really great, it was a great project. It was a big success, mm-hmm. but it was basically underwater and burned up yeah. um, for a while there. But you see, we, we, we were able to weather that, no pun intended, because we knew that some, it will never go perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so you have to understand that, but it's not going to have the, it's very pedestrian. Usually it's not a, you know, fast, fast and loose thing. It's a slow and steady. Mm-hmm. And that's why know. multifamily beats single family, right? Because you were able to go in there, increase your net operating income, turn it around. And uh, the value you got out of that is much more than one door on a single family house. Oh, if you can increase the rental income by, if it's a 200 unit apartment complex and you can get $10 more in rent, you've just added millions to the value. Yeah, exactly. Of the asset. Yep. That's why you really have. And because that's the way these things are valued. Mm -hmm. And so you're not dependent on what the market's going to do. Yeah. And what the government's going to do and what the city is going to do. And you don't need to sell if it's cash flowing, like you had said before. That's the great thing about it. You just keep it until the market turns around. Well, that's exactly right. And, And so we have definitely hit lots of hiccups. Mm-hmm. And some of them are worse than others that that was, but you know, then COVID, I mean, COVID affected everybody. Don't get oh, me yeah. wrong. We didn't, mm-hmm. Nobody got out of this thing unscathed and it's not over yet, Yeah. but we have, um, you know, most of the tenants in our apartments 
are, they care about their credit. I mean, eventually they're, they want to buy a house or do whatever. And, mm-hmm. and they care, you know, all that is, is deferring the rent. They still owe it. Right. Exactly. And they know that. So. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, I just have a couple more questions uh, for you. So how has passive income affected your family life? You know, personally, have you noticed a big difference uh, from going from the full-time job to being, you know, hundred percent passive now? Well, so my, um, I found out that uh, there's this thing called a real estate professional designation um, that the, that the, that our government gives us. So if you are, so, you know, that passive loss that offset the income from my rental property. Well, if you're a real estate professional, you can um, uh, offset lots of other types of income. And so my husband is a retired, uh, sergeant from the police department. Oh, nice. And he's actually managed our rentals because we have a couple more really? too. For years and years, since he's he retired in 2007 to be Mr. Mom. Nice. So all these years, we could have, anyway, whatever. But the long and the short of it is, is that I left my job because and started doing this full time mm-hmm. so that because if you're in the real estate business, there are tremendous um, incentives to do these these things. Now, if you're not a real estate professional, there are still tremendous incentives mm-hmm. to do this. So, it, you know, and and the government lets you carry forward those losses that you don't use. There's lots of you need to talk. Every I'm not a tax. Let me just preface this. I'm not a tax person. I'm not a financial advisor. I know nothing. Everybody should research everything I'm saying. Do not believe me. Right. Right. Do not believe me. I'm just a person and I could be all wrong. If I'm wrong, please let me know because I want to know that I'm wrong. So, you know, so, so it's changed my life in that I left my full, my career in advertising and market research. Mm -hmm. my passive income offsets most of our other income. Nice. I'm able to spend uh, more time with my family. Mm-hmm. I'm able to do exactly the things like this that I love to do. Right, exactly. And then I outsource what I don't love to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, <laughs> you know, I have a teenage daughter and, and it's enabled me to just be here, you know, be here for her and, and uh, I, 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 my stress level is way down. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> way. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, most of all, I'm building generational wealth. Yeah, which is huge. Something to pass on to your daughter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had savings because I, I did everything you're supposed to do. And of course I had savings, but yeah. not like this. Not like, mm-hmm. you know, it grows, we sell it, it's gone up almost all the time, but you don't buy it for appreciation. Exactly. See, the worst <laughs> appreciation, you want to be able to, you need to have multiple exit strategies. And if there's mm-hmm. not a multiple exit strategy, if something's dependent on a refi or something like that, you can't, you got to have all that negotiated ahead of time before the, before the deal commences. So. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Um, one, one last thing, I guess if you could have, one takeaway for our audience to absorb from this show, what would be the one thing that you really would like to hammer home for people? 
keep an open mind. You're not getting the full story. And I don't believe we're getting the full story about very many things at all. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I won't go as far as say that we're being lied to. I'm just saying that people have an agenda. Mm-hmm. There's no, no, everybody does. And if they're not willing to tell you their agenda, right? then, then, um, you know, my agenda is when people read my book and when people call me, it makes me very happy. And when people invest in, in some of my deals or other people's even, if I'm able to help them, it makes me really happy and every all of us make money. And that's my agenda. Oh, you can yeah. tell you're passionate about it, especially the new book, Hidden Investing. It's a great title because that's what it right. is for most people. It's a hidden form of investing. Didn't know. I have an investor that put $500,000 in an annuity that pays 1%. Are you kidding me? Oh, but it's guaranteed. I'm not going to lose my money. Oh, my God. Yeah. Before you get out of inflation, right? I mean, you're losing for sure. Actually, even worse, seven. Pays seven, but it's taxed to the gills and she can't access it. And it's just. It's a mess. And she dies. Nothing goes. She dies. It's gone. Wow. Are you, are you, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, yeah. So there's all the kind, you gotta, you gotta really. There's better ways. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. And the, and the fact of the matter is, yes, it's guaranteed. Right. As long as she's alive, she is not going to lose that $500,000 and she is going to make $707,000 a year that she's going to have to pay full boat taxes. My $7,000, I deferred the taxes. Let's look right. back. And it was <laughs> and it was less than... <laughs> and with the way they've been uh, printing money, I'm sure taxes aren't going to be going down. Yeah, $500,000. So, so I lied. It's $35,000 a year that she's got to pay taxes on. But, yeah. <laughs> but all it's because it's $500,000. But you could know, have done the same thing with apartments. And that $500,000 is never going to grow Exactly, yeah. So that's 7%. And you have to understand that every dollar that the U.S. government prints makes your dollar worth less. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why it's so great taking on debt because you're paying it back with devalued currency. It's a great, great concept. They're going to get their tax money back and they know it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, Holly, we're into our five to thrive portion of the show. You uh, got it. Basically, just a fun word association game. I'm just going to throw out, you know, rapid fire, five words to you. And uh, just give me back the first word or phrase that comes to your mind, but you cannot repeat the answer twice. Go for it. All right. Ready? Here we go. Yeah, I'll try. (laughs) The first one is syndication. Apartments. Passive income. Apartments. (laughs) 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 Hidden investing. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Risk. The stock market. I, fi- I figure you're going to say that. I, I agree. Uh, wealth. Robert Kiyosaki. Mm-hmm. And hidden investing. Opportunities that you, that the wealth, what the wealthy do that nobody knows about, nobody tells us about. And I would say a must read book for anybody watching. So definitely <laughs> worth the read. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Well, Holly, thanks so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, you know, thanks for being here. It's a fun time. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>